0: Good morning and welcome to Meditating the Word. In just about 20 minutes a day, we are reading through the entire Bible this year. I'm Cherie, here to walk alongside you on this journey. If you have just found us, you can either continue from here or go back to day one and start from the beginning. Regardless of how you choose to travel with us, I'm so glad you're here. We are in the last month of our journey through the Bible. This is day 342. Today we are reading Romans four through seven from the World English Bible. Ready to hear what God has for us today? Let's go. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapters four through seven. What then will we say that Abraham, our forefather, has found according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not toward God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the reward is not counted as grace, but as something owed. But to him who doesn't work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness, even as David also pronounces blessing on the man to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will by no means charge with sin. Is this blessing then pronounced only on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it counted? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. He received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while he was in uncircumcision, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they might be in uncircumcision, that righteousness might also be accounted to them. He is the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had in uncircumcision. For the promise to Abraham and to his offspring that he would be heir of the world wasn't through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. For the law produces wrath, for where there is no law, neither is there disobedience. For this cause it is of faith, that it may be according to grace, to the end that the promise may be sure to all the offspring, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This is in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls the things that are not as though they were. Against hope, Abraham in hope believed to the end that he might become a father, of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. So will your offspring be. Without being weakened in faith, he didn't consider his own body already having been worn out, he being about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet looking to the promise of God he didn't waver through unbelief, but grew strong through faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Therefore, it also was credited to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written that it was accounted to him for his sake alone, but for our sake also to whom it will be accounted, who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up for our trespasses, and was raised for our justification. Being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have our access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For while we were yet weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, yet, perhaps for a good person, someone will even dare to die. But God commends his own love toward us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, then, being now justified By his blood, we will be saved from God's wrath through him. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death passed to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not charged when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those whose sins weren't like Adam's disobedience, who is a foreshadowing of him who was to come. But the free gift isn't like the trespass. For if by the trespass of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift is not as through one who sinned, for the judgment came to one by condemnation, but the free gift followed many trespasses to justification. For if by the trespass of the one death reigned through the one, so much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one trespass, all men were condemned, even so, through one act of righteousness, all men were justified to life. For as through the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of the one, many will be made righteous. The law came in that the trespass might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded more exceedingly, that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. We who died to sin, how could we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will also be part of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be in bondage to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will Also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin one time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Thus, consider yourselves also to be dead to sin, but alive to God in christ jesus our lord therefore don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts also do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to god as alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to god for sin will not Have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. Don't you know that when you present yourselves as servants and obey someone, you are the servants of whomever you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness? But thanks be to God, that whereas you were bondservants of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were delivered. Being made free from sin, you became bondservants of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you presented your members as servants to uncleanness and to wickedness upon wickedness, Even so now, present your members as servants to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit then did you have at that time in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and having become servants of God, You have your fruit of sanctification and the result of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or don't you know, brothers, for I speak to men who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives. For the woman that has a husband is bound by law to the husband while he lives, but if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law of the husband. So then, if while the husband lives, she is joined to another man, she would be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you would be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might produce fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were through the law worked in our members to bring out fruit to death. But now we have been discharged from the law. Having died to that in which we were held, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. However, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law. For I wouldn't have known coveting unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, finding occasion through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was alive apart from the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, which was for life, this I found to be for death. For sin, finding occasion through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. Therefore, the law indeed is holy, and the commandment holy, righteous, and good. Did then that which is good become death to me? May it never be. But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, was producing death in me through that which is good, that through the commandment sin might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, sold under sin. For I don't understand what I am doing. For I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate, that I do. But if what I don't desire that I do, I consent to the law that it is good. So now it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. For desire is present with me, but I don't find it in doing that which is good. For the good which I desire I don't do. But the evil which I don't desire, that I practice. But if what I don't desire, that I do, it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the law that, while I desire to do good, evil is present For I delight in God's law after the inward person, but I see a different law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me out of the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind... I myself serve God's law, but with the flesh, sin's law. Father God, certainly the Spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. If there is one thing that we have proven over and over again, it's that we can't keep your law, your commandments, in our own strength. Thank you, Father, that you made another way for us. Thank you that we are no longer under the law, but under grace. Not that it gives us an excuse to sin, but it covers our sins when we miss the mark. Thank you for grace and eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Meditating the Word today. We are almost finished with our journey this year. I'm proud of you for staying committed for making God's Word part of your daily life. Faith comes as we hear the Word and revelation knowledge comes as we continue to hear, reflect, and meditate on God's Word. I'm so grateful for this shared time with you. This is Cherie reminding you that you are in my prayers. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.